Well, here they are. Just some dirty old... Who's that? She looks just like... Hello? Who's there? Sarah. Oh my god. Sarah? Sarah, it's me. Your brother. Jonathan? I... I thought you were Brad. What happened? You look so different. Do I? You're all pudgy. <sighs> I know. I know. Come here. Jonathan, what's going on? I never expected to find my long-lost sister. And I certainly never expected to find her in a high school wrestling gym of all places. But it was her. It was my Sarah. Still kind of scrawny, the same blonde hair. She looked just like I remembered. Even the clothes looked familiar. I didn't realize yet how familiar. This is Jonathan Caswell, and you're listening to Burgess Springs. On this episode, we get answers. Some of them, anyway. As soon as we found Sarah, Corinth, of course, wanted to talk to her, to ask her questions, to figure it all out. We took Sarah away from the gym and brought her to a Starbucks. She ordered a green tea frappuccino, and the barista actually said, classic. I wondered if we shouldn't get her to her parents or a trauma counselor or something, but Jonathan wouldn't hear of it. Not yet. She didn't seem comfortable in confined spaces, so we sat outside while she drank it. Sarah, what do you remember? We, we went into the mine. Go on. I was, I was with Jonathan, Jonathan and Paul. Can I ask? What happened after you went into the mine? It's all confused. I remember you chasing me. You were chasing her? Not like that. We went in on a dare. We had to sprint inside, otherwise we'd never get the courage up. Yeah. I remember laughter, and then, I don't know, I suddenly couldn't hear either of you anymore. Maybe, maybe I'd taken a wrong turn? It sounded all echoey where I was, like I'd entered a big cave. I don't... I don't remember ever being somewhere like that in the mines before. And then there was this strange sound, kind of like a, a drone that I could feel vibrating through my feet. It made my whole body shake, and I... Sarah? I grabbed my head. It was so loud it hurt. I could... I could feel the blood coming out of my ears. And then I was walking out of the mine, and that's it. But it was daytime. It was morning. So I must have passed out or something. Sarah, why didn't you go home? Why were you sleeping at the school? I, I don't know. I, everything looked wrong. Stores were different. Why are the stores different, Jonathan? Why do you look different? I just needed to lie down. I needed rest. I was so tired and scared. Jonathan, how long was I gone? Sarah, how old are you? I'm 16. Why? So now you've heard it. The solution to the biggest mystery of my life that nearly destroyed my family, what happened to my sister, Sarah Reed, was suddenly replaced by an even bigger mystery. This girl, if she was Sarah, and I had a hard time believing, looking at her there, that she might not be, 
was a teenager. My sister, my Sarah, had been missing for 17 years. This wasn't possible. It's not possible, Jonathan. Corinth, you never met her. Jonathan, her sister, if she turned up today, would be 33 years old. That girl in there can't be more than... 16. Just like she says. You believe her? I can't not believe her. You think I wouldn't recognize my own sister? I... I think that grief and... and hope can make people see what they want to see. That's her, Corinth. I don't need you to believe me. Sarah? Sarah, I'm going to have to tell you a few things. You're scaring me. Sarah Bear, it's not 2004 anymore. What do you mean? It's... It's June. June 2004. Look at me. You said I look like my dad? Like Bradley Caswell? I'm in my 30s now. No. Um, am I... No. At least, you still look 16. Sarah obviously needed some rest. So we took her home. Our mom and Robert... That's Sarah's father, a.k.a. my stepdad. Just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that she was back. Couldn't believe that she hadn't grown up. (laughs) No one else believed it either. And it would have been fine. It would have been great if that was where it stopped. But it didn't. Corinth had her curiosity peaked too deeply. Sarah was back. But it was all too strange. And no one else seemed to wonder why. Why had she vanished? And how had she come back? And why on earth hadn't she aged? Robert and Madeline Reed wouldn't let me in to see their daughter. Even Jonathan got tight-lipped on me over the next few days. There was only one other witness to that night. Jonathan's former best friend, Paul Williams. This is... Shit, I still don't have a title. This is Burgess Springs. I wanted Corinth's investigation to stop here, with us finding Sarah. My sister had returned, alive, after 17 years, and that was enough for me. I didn't need to know why this had happened, didn't need to know how it was possible that she was still 16. It was what my mom would call a miracle. I don't believe in miracles, but for a few weeks at the beginning of June, I did. But Corinth had other plans. She wanted answers, and there wasn't much I could do to stop her. The response I've been getting to this show has been tremendous, if a little local. A lot of you have written in to twilighthourwbsp at gmail.com with ideas about what might have happened to Corinth, but nothing's materialized yet. All I can say is keep writing in, keep engaging. Something's bound to turn up. On this episode, Corinth goes looking for those answers, and she goes looking for Paul, 
my best friend from the early 2000s. The aughts, I think we call them now. Anyway, I'm Jonathan Caswell, and you're listening to Burgess Springs. After Sarah's disappearance in 2004, Paul Williams was ostracized from the Burgess Springs community. Word on the BSCC campus is that his professors gave him an honorary associate's degree just to get him out of town. Now he works as a mechanic at a little garage in the heart of Boston. I drove the two hours into the city and caught him as he stepped out on a break. Mr. Williams, I'm, I'm Corinth. It's a pleasure. Oof, sorry, my hand's a little dirty. Oh, it's okay. I don't mind. Are you free to talk? Look, I know you said on the phone that they found Sarah. That's right. It's just that the last time I spoke about that night, it wound up causing a lot of problems for some people I really cared about. I understand, Mr. Williams, but can we... Stop with the Mr. stuff. It's Paul. Paul, I just want to hear your side of things. I just want to hear your story. I'm not here to pass judgment. Fine. But only because Sarah's back. Understood. So? So. Jonathan wanted to go up to the mine. We did that sometimes. Snuck off so we could smoke and drink and not have anybody else around. I showed up at his dad's house with the truck. You really need four-wheel drive to get up there. And Jonathan came bursting out the door all angry. I remember that. He said he and his dad had been fighting. They'd been fighting? About what? Who knows? They fought all the time. But then when he got in the cab, he told me to go over to his mom's place. We were picking up his kid sister. And what did you think about that? I mean, it was a little weird. But not that weird, you know? Okay. Then what happened? I stopped at a gas station to get some beer. Cumberland Farms? What? Was that the gas station? The Cumberland Farms off Route 9? It was a gas station off Route 9. I don't don't know which one. That's the way you go to get out of town and up to the mountain. Why? Is that important? I don't know. Go on. Okay. So we get up to the mine. How, How long does that take you? Usually about 40 minutes. Usually? Yeah, I seem to remember this time took longer. I think I took a wrong turn. I thought you said you'd been up there a bunch. Yeah, but uh, the woods up there, all the same, you know? Especially around dark. Tell me maybe more about the mine or... You've been to the mine, I guess. No, actually... Well, it's partially collapsed. It's hard to get into. It's tight in there. If you do go up there, like, be careful. Have somebody else with you. It's serious. It's dark. There's no lights. You have a place like that. You just never know what's in there. I mean, look, we've got black bears. Wait, what do you mean? Look, when you have a cave or something like that, you never know what's going to move in. I don't know. I feel like most, most cities I've been in have their own little legend. Oh, yeah, cities, yeah. Cities have plenty of stories, and they're all on paper, and they're in books. I'm talking about the woods. The woods is dark, the woods is dangerous, there's no light up there, and whatever's up there sees you before you see it. 
But we get there. We find the entrance, and I park. We hang out in the truck bed for a while, drinking and smoking. And then the dare. The dare. The police report never said who dared who or exactly what it was about. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta no, go. Paul, this, you I've have had to. I, I, I've had enough. For Sarah. Can you tell me what happened for Sarah? Give me a damn minute. Look, Jonathan dared Sarah to go into the mine. Okay. Why was that so hard? Jonathan made me swear not to tell anyone. What? He and Sarah went in together, and then she never came out. You know what that looks like. Even I know what that looks like. But Jonathan, there's no way. So he comes out, crying and bawling and screaming for me. He says we should get the cops. I say, okay, let's go. But then he makes me swear, swear on my kid brother, that I won't tell anyone he was the one that dared Sarah. He thinks it would make him look guilty. But I don't want to lie to the cops, so we both just say we forgot. Fuck. I feel guilty just saying it out loud. Are we done? Wait. Why did they go after Jonathan's father? Enough, Miss Davies. That's all public record. I'm going back to work. No, I've read the police reports. I want to hear you. You know I majored in history at BSCC. What does that have to do with anything? I saw something in the woods. Something... Well, it walked on two legs. The police took the thing I saw, and they forced it into their interpretation of events. Tried to use it to wrangle a confession out of Mr. Caswell. What did you see? Burgess Springs is an old town, you know that? Late 18th century. And the community college's library's got a great collection of stuff from those days. Mr. Williams? Paul, that's not a lot to go on. Good luck. You know, I considered just sitting on this one. I'm the only person releasing these things, and how would any of you ever know? But it's time for the truth to be out there. All of it. I need you to trust me. I need you, listeners, to help me find Corinth. And if we're going to do that, you need to hear everything. Even the stuff that makes me look bad. It was a frustrating conversation, to say the least. But it gave me something to go on. And poor Jonathan having to deal with all that guilt all those years. But I did like Paul said. And the same day I got back from Boston, I went to the BSEC library. And Paul was right. They did have a sizable collection of things from when the town was founded. Picks and chisels and bird cages and china coffee cups and glass display cases I had never bothered to stop and really look at. I did some digging into the history of the mine. It turns out the Burgesses, for whom the town is named, discovered a cave complex, which they opened into the Burgess Mine. The mine ran for nearly a hundred years, until 1885, 
when a cave-in killed 64 workers. Different companies have tried to open it up again over the years, but its isolated location makes it cost prohibitive. But that wasn't the most interesting thing I found. In their special collections, tucked between two cardboard protectors, was a sheaf of papers, including a newspaper clipping and the loose diary pages of a man named Eliyahu Maynard. They were all dated right after that cave-in I mentioned from August 1885. And, dear listener, when I finished reading the newspaper clipping, I realized that I had stopped breathing. Here was the headline. Local man disappears for 17 years, returns unharmed after cave-in. 